This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Go 24-7 podcast live edition here on a Sunday night. My name is Bryce Kuhn, uh, one of the staff writers here over at Go 24-7. Appreciate you joining us wherever you may be watching. If that's on Facebook, make sure to like us over on Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button and head over to YouTube, like the video as well. And if you're just hanging out on Twitter or anywhere in between, make sure you come over to the YouTube channel or Facebook so we can see your comments. We're going to get your comments in here. We can't wait to talk with you about a game against Grambling State that, um, look, it it was concerning at times. It was uh, confusing at times. Overall, LSU leaves with a 72-10 win. So appreciate you for tuning in. If you're listening or watching after the fact as well, we want to welcome you in on the podcast form, whether that's Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you may be finding that. Let's start with the first topic of conversation, and it's did the LSU offense show enough? And look, I was in the building uh, in Orlando uh, a week ago today. Uh, we could go, I guess, kickoff would have happened around in about 30 minutes or so. And it's safe to say offensively, this team wasn't creative enough in getting skilled players to football. Uh, there's been different kind of lines of conversation. It was, has that been an issue with Jaden Daniels? Has it been an issue with the, the play calling? Let, let's talk about that because we saw here on, on, on Saturday night, last night, obviously, in Tiger Stadium, the difference, I would say, in the ability to stretch the field, the, the ability to take offensively what you want to do, and a lot of things this group talked about what they wanted to do all offseason. So did they show enough? Now, this is where I want to kind of preface this. There's some positives, and I still think there are some things that continue we need to figure out and we need to continue to roll with. Let's start with the positives. Wide receivers had a bounce-back game. Uh, most notably Kyron Lacey after a really a tough matchup on Sunday night. He looked better, looked more of the part uh, of a guy, in my opinion, that we saw and said, hey, look, he, he's going to take a step now. We're going to have to kind of figure out what he's doing, what he's rolling. Kyron Lacey did that. Malik Neighbors showing what he can do in space when you start to hit some of those slant routes. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr., a fantastic game, and it kind of emerged as a threat. 
But the name that we had heard throughout all of fall camp that we knew say, hey, coming in, this is a guy that has to be a key to the offense. It was Chris Hilton. Chris Hilton's ability to take the top off of an offense, the potential of it. You know, he struggled to stay on the field during his time in Baton Rouge. But if he is on the field, and, and look, I know it's, a, I get it. It's a grambling opponent. It's, it's an opponent that doesn't, uh, I don't, let, let's say he leaves a lot to be desired. And, and when you look at the film and you look at the game tape, but look, Chris Hilton, in this sense, showcased that elite speed that it takes and you need to have to be able to take the top off of, an, of a defense. Uh, now, look, Brian Kelly said post game that Hilton is one of those guys that uh, wants to be more than just a speedster, a down the field threat. He wants to work to become one of those more complete guys. And why, look, well, I think that this is a guy that can come in and do some really great things for me in, in this sense of what we're trying to do. Having Hilton on the field, first off, you got to have him on the field. With the inconsistencies of the other wideouts that we saw against a premier opponent in Florida State, you've got to have this guy on the field and the ability to do so. And, and it helps Jaden Daniels. It helps gives a guy that can create separation down the field. So wideout-wise, I left this game feeling, okay, you're starting to build some of that momentum. And it goes with the quarterback position as well. You really didn't get much of a... Uh, of a sample size from Garrett Nussmeyer or Ricky Collins, but in the Jaden Daniels sense, you know, we were able to see him and specifically kind of going to the touchdown pass to Brian Thomas Jr., the second one in the back of the end zone on the post route. He was able to progress through his reads, and that's kind of been one of the calling cards of could he do it and would he be able to? And look, we saw his ability to progress from left to right and be able to kind of read what the defense is going, finding Thomas making that correct choice. Now, Brian Kelly is exactly right in the assessment of, look, there's some throws that he, Denbrock, and Joe Sloan have said, we can't leave those out on the field. You can leave it out on the field against a Grambling State and get away with it, but this is the thing for me. You have to build the confidence. The continuity, the rhythm was not there for whatever reason. Uh, and look, I talked about it over at Go247.com. Look, you can't even if you were going to sit there and say in that game against Florida State that you didn't feel like you could do things, maybe you weren't as good as you thought you were in the beginning. Uh, Florida State's a talented team. Uh, they're going to make a lot of noise, I think, this year, and they're going to be one of those teams that is in the conversation when the calendar turns to December. But I see some of the comments already right here. Uh, look, you've got to if you're if you're LSU, you've got to really dive into kind of what's going to happen this weekend uh, in Starkville. So, how much can you really take away? You know, you're not going to be able to take away a ton of things, but just getting the confidence of the reads and being able to progress something that look Daniels in this offense never really looked comfortable last Sunday night in Orlando. Yes, it's grambling, but you've got to be able to have take something into Starkville that makes you feel confident. Uh, another note, and I think that this is something that's going to translate no matter the opponent offensively, is Logan Diggs. Uh, look, we talk about the need for a running game. I mentioned this abysmal running game against Florida State. You bring in Logan Diggs, who was not healthy last week due to a hamstring injury, comes in and plays. Uh, and look, once again, opponent aside, he showed the combination of vision and explosion that you really have to have. Uh, I, I think that when you look and see exactly where this team is going, where they're trying to uh, transcend into uh, having a balanced attack, Logan Diggs has to be a feature part of this offense going forward. No question, no ifs, ands, buts about it. He has to be. So for Diggs to be able to have the game that he had, I believe it was around 15 carries, 115 yards. 
the explosion that he showed through the hole, the way he attacked the hole as a running back uh, was something that I think was was in serious consideration of that's why he's got to be the lead back. Now, listen, I think that this, you know, Dim Brock and this staff, they're, they're going to sprinkle in different guys. You can't just roll with one guy, and a lot of folks know that. You can't just roll with just one guy in this sense. But this needs to be Logan Diggs' running back room. Josh Williams has obviously earned the right to continue to get his reps. Past that, you know, Brian Kelly's talked a lot about experience and experience wins out. There's few players, it feels like, when you look like at Kelly's tenure here so far at LSU and then back at Notre Dame to where you can say a young player made such of a statement that he would have to, you know, force his way into playing time. Harold Perkins being one of those guys last week, last year. I think that Caleb Jackson is going to be a guy that emerges that is going to force the hand of Frank Wilson and the rest of the staff to say, look, we got to get these kids. We got to get these kids, you know, opportunity to play. Uh, look, Noah Kane, valuable piece of veteran back that obviously made some, you know, uh, had a role with the, with the third team. But Caleb Jackson's explosion uh, is a guy where you could roll in with a three headed monster into SEC play of um, Logan Diggs. You could have Josh Williams, Caleb Jackson, Noah Kane. Because, look, you don't know the status of Marty, Armani Goodwin. We don't ever know the week-to-week status of a John Emery Jr. You've got to be able to roll into what you're expecting to see in these games as, look, here's where it is with these running backs, and this is the group we can be able to count on week in and week out. How, how does that roll? How does that look? I think altogether this group's going to have to be the group that kind of carries you. So the question remains, did the LSU offense show you enough and you know, look, I, let's let's get to a couple of the comments here because I think it it is very important. We got Ronnie uh, over on Facebook. Appreciate you tuning in, Ronnie. No, no, not at all. Uh, not for Ronnie, they don't. And uh, we're going to keep going. Uh, my man Troy down there, Troy. Appreciate you tuning in. Not even close. Troy says all of this to say, with what LSU wanted to accomplish. I asked Jane Daniels the question on Wednesday evening. I think the offense left feeling good about what they accomplished. Now, is it enough for the fan base? Is it enough for the media to sit there and say, yes, this team can go to the, can go to Atlanta because the SEC West is wide open or feels wide open? No, not for me particularly. I, I grade this offensive effort out at around a B plus. Look, to score on all of your drives, 10 drives, 10 scores, it's hard against anybody. It doesn't matter. There's 11 other folks on the other side trying to do that. What I will say, though, is that this offensive line, in my opinion, uh, and I know we got a comment right there, the offensive line is going to be a key for this group. Uh, the right side, when Zalance Hurd came in and played a tackle and they slid Emory Jones down in a guard, world of difference and the willingness to run behind them. That was huge. So, yes, it's grambling. It's a 72-10 to 10 win. But all in all of this, okay, in, in all of this, Things like what my man Mark here just said, you know, the starting offensive line, uh, DJ Chester, you know, making some strides. They wanted to go back and look at the film. Emory Jones heard, uh, you know, look, I, I agree with you, Mark. I think that you have to take your punches and you have to sit here and say, what can we accomplish with this group? Offensive line wise, they're going to have to carry running game. You started to find a guy uh, that you can really rely on. Daniels got a little bit more comfortable the receivers were, were looked a little more comfortable in, in the offense. It's going to be tested next week. And it, it's I gave this, I gave the offensive effort a B plus because of the opponent. Because for me, 
I need to see this happen against an SEC team. If LSU walks into Starkville and puts up 50 points, then okay, all right. You know, we just take it week by week. But until it happens against a Power 5, much less an FBS opponent, uh, to me, you have to take it with a grain of salt in this matchup. A lot of positives. Not, I don't want to take away or rain on anybody's parade of what LSU was able to do. I just need, for my sake and for the sake of some of these comments, it seems, we need to see this against a team that can match up formidably for a full 60. Can Mississippi State do that? I don't know, but I think it's going to be a test. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, the next topic we have here, the defensive questions continue. For, for this for this group. I mean, look, we if you want to talk about, you know, where I kind of graded this defensively for this team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is where I sit. Matt House is having to run zone coverage against Florida State, against Grambling, because there is an athletic difference between the secondary that LSU here has here in 2023 and the ones they've had in the past. It's just, is it is what it is. The inability to play man coverage against some of these guys is, is, is a, kind of concerning to me. Uh, it's something that I think I, I kind of take in here and I say that that's concerning in the sense of where do we go from here when you start to play opponent like Will Rogers and Mississippi State this weekend. And we're going to talk about that on the podcast this week, but all in all, I mean, the secondary, you know, Zy Alexander graded out. Uh, the pro football focus does these grades, and the grades will they'll alter here in the next 24 hours or so. But Zy Alexander graded as the best pass defender, and, and you know, he, he was about a little above average. Um, Deuce Chestnut, you know, didn't see a lot of playing time. Denver Harris enters the equation this week. But, look, I think that a lot of folks were able to see there's a reason that Denver Harris was a part of the third team. There, there's a reason he was. Harris, in his ability to be able to do those things, um, he's got all the God-given talent. It's in between the it's in between the ears for Denver Harris. He's got to continue to grow. He's still a young kid. He's had flashes, you know, last year in College Station and throughout fall camp. But can he keep his head straight long enough to be able to make an impact? That's going to be something that we're going to have to watch here to continue. You know, secondary wise as well. I mean, Sage Ryan, he got the start. 
against Florida State. We didn't see a ton of them with that first team, you know, there in the first couple of quarters against Grambling State. Where is Sage Ryan's future in the secondary? I, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of other names that you could continue to roll out there, but the secondary is a problem for LSU if you're playing Florida State or not. Now, I want to preface by saying this. Florida State poses a challenge offensively with their receivers that you're not going to see maybe anywhere else in the country. That That's that's just what it is. It, it, you know, they pose a problem. We'll just say that. It, it's a problem when you kind of look at what they have to be able to do going forward. It puts a lot of pressure on this front seven, and we're going to get there in just a second. The front seven came into this season, you know, the return of Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, you know, I, I touted them as, you know, potential best, you know, interior defensive line duo in the SEC. And I still think that's something that they can accomplish. But if we're being honest with ourselves here about what LSU kind of has going forward with them, there's a lot of pressure on this front seven, a ton of pressure on the front seven to be able to get after the quarterback, create havoc, create mismatches, create negative plays to alleviate the concerns of the back end. And it kind of all folds into this conversation about Harold Perkins. Look, Harold Perkins played off the edge in this game, and we saw him make some disruptive attempts. I think there is a genuine question that this staff has to look and ask them, can we afford with – with because, look, you can't just nitpick and choose things as a defensive coach and say, well, if this doesn't work, we can get by with this, or, or it's okay if this doesn't because we've got this – it all cohesively goes into all 11 players. If this if this is the LSU secondary, and look, it's only two weeks, you faced a what I think is a playoff caliber opponent, a national championship contender opponent in Florida State that we've seen, and you face an FCS school. You're really going to start to learn here, especially this weekend in Starkville, Arkansas, and kind of going forward what it would look like. All of it to say, if this is what the LSU secondary is, you can't afford – to have Harold Perkins playing inside linebacker. You just can't. Because if you are going to say, this is what our secondary is, we're going to have to get by with it, you have to create so much disruption up front with Makai Wingo, Mason Smith, Savion Jones, Deshaun Womack, Ovia Gofu, all of these guys, Braden Swenson, and you've got to add Harold Perkins in there. You, you can't afford to do that. So, look, I, I really like you know, the makeup of some of these guys, like I love Braden Swenson's makeup. I think Deshaun Womack looked good in some of the reps that he got Jackson Howard, another young player. All of this to say is, if LSU is going to put a claim in the SEC West that seemingly is kind of wide open after the top three contenders already have one loss two weeks in, Alabama, LSU, and Texas A&M, I don't think you can afford to play Harold Perkins at inside linebacker. And we talk about player development or what can you do for me now. You only get this kid for about 20 more games. So 23, 24 more games. And then he's off to the NFL. How do you best utilize him now? You're waiting till year two to try to do this. I, I understand what they're trying to do. But with the roster that you have, the potential that you have offensively, you got to find some way to create pressure, and I think that's the best way. Uh, Mark, I wanted to get to your question right here. and appreciate you tuning in to make sure you subscribe to the channel. Makai Wingo plays with heart. Where's the help? Look, uh, Wingo, to me, has been one of the better players, even dating back to the Florida State game. 
I think that you look at what he's done. Now, listen, I want to give Mason Smith a pass. This is a guy that and a kid that is trying to work back and work off the rust. A perfect opportunity for him to do that this past weekend against Grambling State, get that 30 or so snaps to be able to do that. Now, going forward in your bigger games, uh, you know, when you get deeper into conference play, especially, I would hit the mark if he's really got to make an impact in Tuscaloosa in November. Like that's 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 where you need Mason Smith to really be hitting his full stride. That to say, Savion Jones, you know, you lost Allie Gay last year. Savion Jones needs to come up big. We mentioned Obia Gofu. We mentioned Braden Swenson. Uh, I think Harold Perkins plays into this whole thing. You know, Jordan Jefferson, Jacoby and Guillory, a guy that has had to fill in for Mason Smith and I think has done an admirable job, but he's not really a pass rushing type. You got to find, and it goes in back what I was saying, Mark. It goes into all of this conversation of you got to be able to find guys that can get after the quarterback, especially with the lack of production that I believe you're not you're going to get. That I believe you're going to get on the on the, with the back end. That that's that's where I sit right here, kind of through week two. So appreciate you tuning in, Mark, with that question right there. Make sure you get your comments, questions, concerns before the end of the show. We'll try to get those answered. So it kind of leads us. We talked about the offense. We talked about the defense. What does this mean going forward? You know, LSU is a team that entered this season with high expectations. They entered with sky high, you know, things as well. Sky high expectations. And I was a very big proponent of after the Florida State fan game, I think a lot of these guys read the press clippings. They bought into the media hype. It was something that I didn't feel at SEC media days, but after the Florida State game, I did because I do think there was a sense of entitlement walking into this game. Now you've been humbled. Now you hopefully have worked some some of the kinks out. You're not going to work everything out against Grambling State. But it parlays us into a game now against Mississippi State this weekend, this next weekend, where you're going on the road. You've got an 11 a.m. kickoff, and you get into a situation now that, look, with LSU needing – to get a conference win because the SEC West wide open, you're playing against a now defensive-minded head coach in Zach Arnett. We're going to hear more from the Mississippi State side of things. Make sure to ch- check out the YouTube channel for that. But you've got to really kind of find yourself quickly here, and especially quickly in Starkville for an 11 a.m. local time kickoff. You can't really afford to – Take a game off. You can't really afford it because I just don't think that this team defensively is talented enough to rely on that. And it it bought, brought one of the big questions out for me on this. In this game defensively against Grambling State, you really didn't set the edge well. You re, uh, you know as a front seven, you didn't cover great, and you allowed explosive plays on third long and third down in general. Now, the numbers are not going to tell you that. If you know, if you just pick up the newspaper this morning and you looked at it, you'd be like, oh, whatever, you know, 72 to 10, the game was a blowout. And it was, and they settled down. But did they settle down? Here's my question. Did LSU settle down because of talent taking over? Or did they settle down because they really started to key in on some of the, the good things they needed to and really start to do that? That that's that's kind of where I sit with this. And and look, I, I think that. With what this team can accomplish, all the goals are still there. They do have great talent on this team. But like Kelly has said, this team's got to understand that you can't rely on talent against the great teams. And, Charlie, I'm going to get to your comment, but Marks is is really pertinent here. I honestly believe that we've played the best team on our schedule. That being said, the offense will have to outscore most of the teams on our schedule. And, Mark, 
I, I agree with you here. The, I, I, I wonder, and the question two weeks in, is the defense really who we think they are? That, that, that's that's my question. So kind of what does this mean going forward? I think LSU's attention detail needs to continue to take a heightened step up because the competition takes a step up when you head to Starkville. And I think that it's one of those things, too, where, you know, offensively, like like Mark said, you're going to have to put up numbers. You really can't afford to fall behind offensively because the defense is – I just don't know if this defense can bail you out over and over again, like you know you have uh, in years past, and and you know I'm mean, saying years past, like you know a decade ago when, when college football wasn't dominated by offense, it was more in the SEC dominated by defense. So look, I think that LSU is okay. Uh, the sky's not falling with this team. You know the roster still has to get there from a construction standpoint, but the hype they had coming into this season, obviously. Um, didn't live up to in week one, but the good thing about it is it's still all there out in front of you. I want to get a Charlie's comment before we kind of get out of here. Make sure to get your comments in here uh, live, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you might be watching. I've heard all the hype. Where is Wiggins and Womack? Deshaun Womack, Quincy Wiggins, uh, two guys that, you know, uh, I think that, I, you know, going back to this comment, Charlie, I think that you're really going to have to see it, to me, should be an open competition of guys that are really competing. I think your front seven is good. I just think they're going to have to be great due to the lack of uh, consistency on the back end. But, look, they're going to be tested this week. They're going to be tested this week, and it's going to be something very, very interesting to watch against a Mississippi State team that Will Rogers hasn't been great yet this season. They squeaked out a win against Arizona uh, there in overtime or, or late in the game. But all things considering, you go up there, Mississippi State's a team that's going to play you close. It's going to be a tough game. The traditional first SEC opponent for the Tigers. And look, you're going to have to navigate things. And you are I'll say this as we kind of end this. We end the show tonight. You're going to have to navigate adversity that you didn't handle well at all in week one. You didn't really get adversity here in week two. You might have got a uh, – you might have got a slimmer of it or a, or a glimmer of it or something like that. But when you were faced with adversity in week one, you failed miserably. You failed miserably. And so I think here in week two or going into week three, you know, if LSU gets up or gets down by 10 points or gets down by a touchdown or maybe things start not to bounce your way as a team, the mental capacity, the mental fortitude to be able to respond correctly is going to say a lot about this team and what kind of where they're going. So that's something I'm going to be watching this weekend as well. Well, listen, hey, appreciate you so much for tuning in here live, whether it's on the LSU Tigers 24-7 Sports Facebook page, whether it's on our YouTube channel, or whether it's on Twitter as well. Now, here's something going forward. If you want your comments seen, it's going to have to be on that Facebook and YouTube page. So make sure you're following us on Facebook. You're liking the page. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube completely free of charge. And if you're a first-time guest and you're saying, what is this? We're going to be doing podcasts on our YouTube channel all week long, but every single Sunday night at 6 p.m. Central, we're going to to be talking about the LSU Tigers recapping the game. My name is Bryce Goon, staff writer here at Go247, continuing to bring coverage each and every single day over on the Go247 website. Make sure to check us out, and we'll catch you next time as we talk all things LSU Tigers. We'll catch you next time.